Welcome to That's My Personal Business, where we are pulling back the curtain on all things personal, all things business, and all things in between. Every Monday, we're hopping into your headphones to help you skip the learning curve by hearing from industry professionals, including myself. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach who now gets to lead hundreds of creative entrepreneurs in building lives of artistic growth, wealth, and freedom. And now it's time for you to do the same. Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. It's a bonus episode. Hello, it's a Thursday, question mark. (laughs) Depends on when you're listening to this. And today's intro is going to be incredibly short because you might be able to tell from my voice. I am so sick. I don't know what is going on. I am getting sick constantly. I feel like I'm sick every month and it always turns into a sinus infection, which is just an absolute nightmare, especially when I have so many things to record. (laughs) But we're surviving. Dayquil is kicking in. Modern medicine is amazing. So not much to remind you of before we dive into today's bonus episode, other than to let you know that we have opened up another day for the in-person artificial light workshop. So if you have been thinking about expanding your portfolio, your set of skills, your everything, your passion for photography, all of that good stuff, come join us here in New York City. We are now having a second day on March 19th and I am giddy. I'm so excited for this. It is going to be so magical and we have such an amazing lineup of shoots planned for you. So come fill out an application. There is going to be a very intimate group this time, which I'm really, really excited about. I think I might keep it a little smaller. So come join us. Payment plans are available and I'm going to stop blabbing now with my really congested voice and let's get started on today's bonus episode as always please subscribe leave us a review it means the world if you leave a review this week i might have a little sneak sneaky little gift for you so if you leave a review take a screenshot dm it to me on instagram and i have a little little gifty okay i'm done blabbing now for real let's go Hello, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited. We have Shayna on today. Welcome, Shayna. Hi, Eden. Ah, hello. Oh my gosh. I also, can I just say, I'm so jealous of just this blank wall that you have behind you for podcasting. I, uh, I pulled up my paper to impress you. I just oh wanted you to think I was cool. <laughs> I am, in fact, impressed because I'm like, my office space does not it does not New York does not allow for like random clean spaces so I appreciate the dedication of like paper too thank you I think just think I'm put together keep complimenting me this is gonna go great yes perfect <laughs> the perfect start um okay so for those who don't know you will you give us a little introduction on yourself Absolutely. Uh, Like Eden said, my name is Shayna. I'm the owner of a photo video business called Montana Diaries. I'm actually a hybrid photo video shooter, have been since 2017 when I started my business. I uh, began as one of those like 2010s uh, wannabe influencers on YouTube. And I love that for you. Thank you. So as a failed influencer, People started emailing me and saying, please, nobody wants to see your hikes. Please shoot my wedding. I see you have a drone. I'd really appreciate if you would just shoot my wedding for me. And that is how I became a wedding videographer, photographer. We and love now, that pipeline. Thank you. Yeah, the failed influencer to a uh, videographer pipeline. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, through the years, figured out how to have a business and how to travel and be creative and 
do what I love to do. And I've also become sort of an educator in the space as photographers have figured out that video is essential in business in 2023. Uh, it's king online. So you don't necessarily need to become a videographer, but you need to understand and utilize video. Mm, okay. So when you first started moving into the weddings space, do were you immediately doing photo and video or what did that transition kind of look like? You know, it wasn't super pretty. I wasn't doing photo video. I was just video for about a year um, for my free year of business, the portfolio building stage. Mm -hmm. And then people uh, started inquiring about photo. So I would add it on cheaply, just undercut the market as one does. <laughs> Everyone's like first couple steps is always that. <laughs> yes. And uh, the I really just got thrown into the deep end. Honestly, I there was an emergency with a photographer at one of my very first paid weddings. And they asked if I could shoot photos as well. And I did, I did it in JPEG and uh, just got better from there. Oh my gosh. You literally just got like thrown into the furnace. The thought of all of that, <laughs> like to get like called in, then shoot in JPEG. Was a JPEG a purposeful decision or was that an accident? Uh, absolutely purposeful. I had no idea how to use a camera at all. <laughs> I feel that. Okay. So what was like the learning process like for you? So you started with influencing video, kind of YouTubing, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I'm assuming you knew your way around video. Um, what was the photo learning journey like? Because I'm sure you're the same. So I went full-time in 2015. So just a couple years before you. Um, and I'm not, I, I feel like education didn't really get super big until like maybe even like 2019 is when it like kind of started picking up but like I went my first several years in photography like I remember I went to one workshop really um it wasn't huge so what was that like learning curve like for you how did you kind of start going from jpeg emergency call in to where you're at now beautiful I I really am lucky with the education background I had. I started as a yearbook nerd and took every possible tech class in high school. I had a great teacher. It was a, it was called like an office style classroom system. So she would have like sometimes like 14 different tech classes in there at a time. And you're expected to Google your question before asking her for help because she can't run 14 classes with holding everybody's hand. Um, so I went into college knowing how to Google my techie questions. Um, mm -hmm. So I I was more of an editor than uh, a shooter when I started. But, uh, you know, you, you with editing, you still understand exposure and color theory and the storytelling bit was already there. So I had a good foundation and I understood how to research my way around anything. I think that, I think it's super empowering to know that you can do anything at least halfway decently when you are not afraid to Google the answer and just try it. <laughs> so true. And like, honestly, not stated enough that like one of the easiest ways to get better at any craft is Google. Um, I think like 
especially if you're in a state where one, like when we kind of started, education wasn't a huge thing. Um, but I feel like a lot of times I hear people be like, oh, I can't improve my craft. I don't have the money for education. And I'm like, when you're paying for education for the most part, obviously this is not a like standalone rule, but a lot of education is just a quicker, better way of learning something. You probably can learn it off YouTube. It's going to take a lot longer. It's probably going to be a little bit more complex, but if you're richer in time than money, that's something that you can do. Um, I remember I have like a Lightroom and Photoshop course. Um, and I remember this guy DM'd me once and he was like, are you joking? Like, you're going to seriously like charge something for something like this when I could get it on YouTube. And I was like, I never said you couldn't get it off the internet. Get it on YouTube, dude. Yeah. I was like, no, literally (laughs) I was like, feel free to spend like 30 more hours learning it on YouTube. You can do that. I never told you I invented Photoshop and Lightroom. I'm just going to teach you the way I use it and in a quicker way. Um, but I think like, I love hearing you say like, you can learn a lot for free off the internet because I think sometimes we like don't want to say that out loud but it's like it's true you can learn so much and better your craft so much and even in those days we didn't have AI I'm like you have so many tools now to learn so many of these things um anyway that was a tangent but I'm like no I love it of hearing that (laughs) I want to go anywhere that your brain takes us because I think you're brilliant and I like to the benefit of the listener. I, I mean, your audience is so like savvy and smart just by nature of being around you, but I just to put a finer point on it, like the, the, the function of like the exchange of money for education, it's sort of that energy exchange one. And the second benefit is closer access to the person that uh, is doing something that you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's never been an exchange of information so much as it is handholding and permission mm-hmm. and uh, showing the personalized version of what you do. If I, if I posted my education on YouTube, all the techie bros would be like, no shit. Like this is the most simple way to do something. And the benefit is this is how I do it. This is the workflow I've come up with uh, through many years and of being like a really busy idiot so like my way is going to be the stupid way and it's going to be the easiest way for a beginner to learn no a (laughs) hundred percent I always tell people I'm like I am like a really hard worker in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways I'm also really lazy like I want things to be as efficient as possible I do not want to waste my time doing things that like are overcomplicated. I want to waste my time dilly-dallying as a personal human, (laughs) not in my business, which means that everything in my work needs to be as efficient as possible, which means it might be like really oversimplified or, you know, like really laid out depending on what it is. But so true. All of that. I resonate so much in the fact that like you're paying to learn how someone specifically does it, get closer access. I also think there's something to be said about like holding yourself accountable when you like pay for things I'm like I have never worked harder than when I invest in things like because I have a fire under my butt to be like well I paid for that so I should use it um okay so back to your original point of <laughs> learning a lot through Google what has kind of like the last I'm like doing the math seven years kind of looked like oh. as you stepped into as you expanded the business you learned more about photo you've done photo and video the entire time how have you kind of stepped into the education space what does that journey look like for you Mm, education came together really naturally, probably 2019. I I was organically getting questions from photographers about 
gear and microphones and editing and what it would look like to add video to their businesses. Because I think naturally uh, as business owners, we look for ways to uh, add money, um, add income. And I think adding a service is a totally fair way to do it, especially since clients tend to ask photographers if they do video or if they can refer out video. Um, so it's leaving money on the table for a lot of people when they can't provide that. And then as creatives, you have a creative itch to add a creative skill and tell stories in another way, especially when it's accessible through this equipment you're already using. So um, that's when I was in the research phase, just listening to Amy Porterfield was a big one and uh, just all the education about course creation I could get my hands on. My husband's a teacher, so he's super nerdy about uh teaching in a way that students can actually receive and get results from. I never wanted to put something out that uh, was just putting money in my pocket and not getting people results. Um, and the first version uh, was messy. And I, I wish I would have just gotten it out sooner because uh, the feedback from that informed the next version of the course. And um, now it's something that I'm so super proud of and updates are so easy now. And I, whenever people go through my education and they're tagging me in the videos they make, I'm like, man, you're actually getting something out of this and yeah. ma making things because of what I taught you, which is so bizarre. <laughs> I love that. So let's talk video and like, adding that as a photographer because I most of my audience is photographers still um which is really really fun that's obviously like how I originated so we have so many photographers here in the space um I know for a lot videos like this really hard and scary thing because not only is it something that they don't really know how to offer but obviously in the online marketing space we've seen a huge shift like if I had a dime for every photographer that was like, I'm not going to have a job anymore. I can't market. How do I make reels? All of those things. Um, I would be so much richer. I would be in a penthouse in Manhattan <laughs> if I had literally a penny for every time. Um, but can you kind of give us just like, first, why should photographers look into this? Like, what is it? What's kind of like that first barrier to entry you're seeing when people come to you as a photographer being like, huh, video question mark. <laughs> Yes. To the average photographer uh, that already has steady income with photo, but is getting scared because the last few years, the landscape online has been so video focused. The fear is uh, tech. The fear is time investment. And the, the fear is uh, that they need to have an actual investment. So buy more gear in order to do it well. And to all of those, I would say that uh, you don't have to do anything you don't want to, but you also don't need to be afraid. You just need to understand what is actually going on and the actual function of these things that uh, educators are trying to get you to do. So when I hear uh, the buzzword of reels, <laughs> which is what photographers get really up in arms about, um, I really just want to bring it back to the boogeyman, which is the word algorithm. And so instead of being afraid of the word algorithm and blaming it and being worried about, I mean, this free organic tool we've gotten to take advantage of for years and years now, just understand the function of an algorithm, which is to keep eyes on content for longer. 
That is the purpose of every social media platform, every online platform is to keep eyes on that page or on that platform for longer. Video does that because it's passive consumption. If you've ever found yourself scrolling, 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 it's because you're able to intake that information through video without having to work too hard for it. It's not the same as consuming a long form blog post or even a picture. It's uh, audio and visuals coming into your little pink brain <laughs> without you having to work at all. So we have to think if these big corporations are locking in on video as being the way that keeps eyes on content for longer, then us as uh, small businesses should probably see that as an opportunity and not as a scary thing. So I'm not suggesting that you become this highly produced videographer if that's not what you're into. I'm not suggesting you dance around and uh, be out of alignment with who you are on TikTok Reels, YouTube Shorts. I am suggesting that you sit down, uh, write out your sales goals and figure out how to adapt your marketing to what's working. If you're already on these social media platforms, figure out who you're talking to, what you want to say and how to adapt it to what's working on these platforms. I love that. I'm like one of obviously like the biggest things in my like realm is talking about intuitive marketing and the fact that like there's no right way. They literally yeah. all work. It's agreed. <laughs> it's not that serious. Like I think that's one of the biggest things when I talk to entrepreneurs of any kind is I'm like, look, there are systems that you need to have in place. There is strategy that you can use, but like it also at the same time needs to be balanced with this like concept that like it's just not that serious. Like it doesn't need to be in a box. Um, you can find what works for you and then continue to perfect it with strategy. But like, like you said, for some people dancing and pointing to things works really well for them. I tried that twice. And then I was like, I'm going to throw <laughs> up every day if I have to do this, <laughs> like I can't do it. Um, and so like now half of my videos are repurposed or they're me just walking around town. Cause that works for me. Um, and I think like we need to take like the boogeyman out of things a little and just be like, look, it's, it, it's not that serious. Um, and it can be fun. Um, when you're talking to photographers wanting to now like bring this in, not only like, do you teach really how to market with it? Or are you teaching how to like offer it to your clients or both? Like what do, what does the process kind of look like for a lot of the people that you talk to? It's a bit of a Trojan horse because I, I do both. I, I think the average photographer wants to uh, streamline their marketing a little bit. Uh, and it's attractive that I can teach you how to do video with the equipment you're already using. Uh, but a, a portion of photographers figure out that they can, once they know the principles of how to take video handheld with the equipment they're already using, they can then turn that into an upsell for their existing photo clients. And that's super valuable for them and for their clients. And that's in every niche of photography. What does that kind of, how does one start that? And I'm like two questions. One, how do they start that? Two, how do you walk? I'm very curious to hear your take on how you walk that line without feeling like you have to be a full-scale videographer or that you're like overtaking the videographer's job, especially for people, you know, that shoot weddings. But I know that's like 30 questions I just asked you at once. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, well, 
first of all, uh, what I know about you, Eden, <laughs> because I'm actually a listener of the podcast. I don't think I told you that. You. That makes you so, so Eden Strader famously does not want to post photography at her wedding. So this is like I, the big, I'm like, so like, oh my gosh, people listen to, every time I find out people listen to the podcast, I'm like, oh my God. So no, crazy. I, I seriously, I, I've been like waiting for to like worm my way into your life as your best friend. And Please. it just kind of fell into my life. Lovely Jamie came into my inbox. and was like, <laughs> my time has come. Let's do it. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> so I, with a client like Eden who doesn't want paparazzi following her around everywhere or maybe like a fully produced cinematic slow motion 4k highlight film uh, it might be attractive for her documentary style photographer to upsell um, a simple home video style highlight reel where they're not bugging her all day um and I would say the same is true for a lot of my elopement clients that they want something that looks and feels like their actual elopement day and not, uh, that doesn't require four people following them and telling them to do things and pose. Um, to that effect too, I've had students go on and become super eight videographers that like really nostalgic, like a uh, campy a vintage style video and they've been able to um, add that onto their services going away from weddings I think it's such there's such an opportunity in the senior in high school photography space of upselling uh, footage to use for TikTok I think mm -hmm. there's so much opportunity in the branding space to not necessarily put together a fully produced film but to upsell vertical clips for them to make TikToks reels. If we're looking for this stuff um, for our marketing strategy as small business, small businesses, you have to think other small businesses are also looking for this um, content creation. They already see the value in the photo shoot. That's why they're hiring you. But maybe they can't justify the expense of also bringing on a full-fledged videographer. Mm -hmm. This is where you can worm your way into an upsell that serves the hell out of your client, but doesn't cause you like tons and tons and tons of extra work. Like it's mutually beneficial. That's yes. I'm like, I have nothing to add. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it really is like bringing in video to whatever service you're doing is going to serve you so twofold in the sense that like, you now have it for marketing and they have it for whatever purpose they have. And like, the average human wants video now, like even if they don't, even if they aren't a small business owner, like one of the biggest things that I, I feel like this was actually like one of my breaks where I was like, I should delete TikTok. The content thing's going a little too far. No shade. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just my personal opinion. I don't like it. Um, but is the wedding day content creators yeah. who literally <laughs> are just there to like, for me, wouldn't work. Um, again, doesn't mean it's an objective right or wrong, but like for me, to Black Mary can't handle it. That would freak me out. Um, but that being said, like some people literally want that. They need that, right? That's why that job exists right now. And so if you're someone that could literally even just strap your phone to your camera, um, which I'm like, they make tools for that, that I'm like, I have ones that we can make reels of stuff that we shoot. Um, and I don't have to think about hiring someone to film it for me. It can just strap onto my like little hot shoe space. But, um, like everyone needs it. Normal people need it. Businesses need it. You need it to market. Like it, 
it feels so obvious yet no one I feel like it doesn't come naturally to our brains which might which you know is where you come in which is amazing (laughs) yeah I just to piggyback off that because that's all so true like it's like a self-feeding machine like you get yourself the content to market uh your high ticket services and then you can upsell the video itself I just think it's so smart um the reason photographers maybe aren't in the headspace to think of it is because there's so much rhetoric around video where it's this like masculine gearhead technical crazy complicated thing and so I especially since photographers I mean in my space at least tend to be women um there is uh this attitude of needing to be an expert before starting needing to like be completely researched completely perfect um but that that really doesn't serve you because a client will hire you based off of your existing portfolio and existing skill level and then you're obligated to deliver based off of that so if you're waiting to share until you're perfect but you can't practice because no one's hiring you for it it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> so i just i encourage everybody to practice uh film video for yourself for your own marketing. And then when you feel comfortable, upsell it. Yeah, no, truly. And it can be so simple. Like I remember when I was like, oh, we should just buy like a $60 camcorder and just stop messing around and just like, we'll just bring it everywhere and it'll be fun. And like that made marketing even just for ourselves so much easier. Shitty camcorder footage is so in right now, by the way. No, it's so in. Yeah. Also, like, there's always been an element. I'm, like, so happy the creative industry in general is, like, finally leaning more human-focused, at least from Mm -hmm. what I can see. We're, like, finally taking that dive back, like, almost an overcorrection from perfected content. There's still spaces for that, but obviously, like, I think the industry in general is finally moving to a bit of a healthier place, which is really exciting. Um, And so, like, you know, I love watching my life in the same format as like I watched my life when I'm a kid. I was a kid. Like my mom has all this camcorder footage from when we were kids. And it's so cool to be able to almost see this like consistent representation of my life. Um, And so again, yeah, that goes back to like, it can be for anyone. It can be for anyone needing anything. So I'm a big tangible steps girly. I love giving people like, this is what you're going to do. Um, so from you, I would love to know, like right now, if you're a photographer, you have literally no video experience, whether that's brand seniors, wedding, whatever it is, what are kind of some of the next steps that you would suggest that they take in order to move forward and start bringing this into something that they can eventually offer to people for money? Beautiful. I would say that the good news is if you're a photographer and you're already actively working, you have a, you're already 75% of the way there. You already, uh, from a technical perspective, probably understand the exposure triangle. You understand your coloring style. You understand your storytelling style. You understand client communication. You understand what your time is worth. You are so close. And I would say, uh, as far as practicing goes, um, every mid-range to professional uh, camera on the market will take lovely vid- video. So I wouldn't stress gear. I wouldn't get into research mode and figure out if you need a stabilizer or microphones or <laughs> anything extra to add on a new lens. Anything you're using right now for photo, you can use to practice video and you can do it well. 
Um, as far as handheld shooting goes, uh, I, I would definitely practice during non-time sensitive events. So in controlled situations where you're telling the client what to do, or you're able to take a step back and switch to video to practice for a few clips, that is going to be your sweet spot for practicing. And then in the editing phase, um, I will tell you anything you need to know is on YouTube. I promise. And then when you're ready to get a little more uh, streamlined and have a workflow, I've got you. You can always DM me. So tangible steps. Number one, practice handheld with the camera you already own and use for photos. Step two, um, I would cut really simple videos to music. So practice uh, cutting clips to the beat of music. And step three, incorporate your unique storytelling style. And the way I always explain this to photographers is you already understand how to present a story to your clients through photos. You do it when you make those Instagram carousels. You do it when you write a blog post. Now you're just incorporating your same unique, beautiful voice to a video with how you arrange these clips. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I love, I love simplified steps. I'm like one of those people where I'm like, if someone just tells me what to do, I will do it. But if it's a Beautiful. new task and I don't know how to do it, I'm just going to be like, I should overthink this. And like you said, like YouTube, 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 I'm going to act like I need all new gear and yep. that's how I'm going to avoid doing the task. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this was so helpful. I'm like, it's my brain already turning to on like, how can I make this easier in my own life. I'm like, I have to, I, I'm due Eden's to going to rebrand all of her courses. She's going to come I'm like, out plot with twist. <laughs> updates for every single course dropping soon. Um, no, I do not have time for that. Um, no, but I'm like, I'm due for YouTube videos soon. My, my yeah. assistant just texted me. So I'm like, what can we do to simplify this? Um, thank you so much Shada for coming on and like sharing this insight. And like, I love one, I love having people on the podcast in general. I just love learning about like people's way of doing things, what's worked for them. But like, there's something extra beautiful about like, here's how you can earn more money and live a better life in a way that's not really going to add that much stress to your plate. Like that's all of my favorite things in one. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking all about this. Um, I am so honored. I just think you're so cool. Wicked smart, so funny, hot as hell. And I just love your intentionality with your life and business. So this was oh awesome. My God. Thank you. This was so nice. I'm going to be like, Jamie, clip <laughs> that. And so that I can just like have it as my alarm when I wake up in the morning. It'll just, Beautiful. that's what wakes me up. It's like, it's like mantras, but from you, Shayna. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, thank you. Um, okay. Well, we will obviously have everything linked in the show notes for everyone, but can you also just tell us where to find you on the internet so everyone can come follow along and learn more about you, see your beautiful face, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, if you want to learn more about hybrid shooting and doing it as simply as humanly possible, then please head over to montanadiaries.com slash learn video. That's where you can find my free guides and a free class for you all in one place. And I'm on Instagram at Shana underscore Lloyd. Amazing. Okay. We'll link all of that as well. And we'll even link that freebie. So it's as easy as possible for people to just type it in, get signed up. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Eden. And I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye.